Hey, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us here in the building and online. Come on, stand up. We're going to sing together.
Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, ask that you open our hearts and help us be more grateful for what we have in our lives. Uh, I know a lot of us woke up this morning. Uh, we got up, we stretched, we took that big first breath of the day, we put our clothes on, and ate breakfast, we hopped in the car, and we came here to worship your son. Um, help us to replace those things and recognize those as being gifts from God and be thankful. Uh, help us to wake up in the morning and take that first breath which is a gift from God. Put on those gifts from God and eat the gifts from God and hop in the gift from God and come to the church and worship the greatest gift from God, your son, Jesus Christ. And even though we don't see it in our lives, we know you're moving. Even though we don't feel it, we know you're moving. We just ask that you continue to move in our lives and help us to be grateful. In your name we pray. Amen.
soften our hearts as we prepare to hear your word in a few minutes. We love you and we thank you for your son, Jesus. Everybody say.
like to honor our veterans today. If you are a veteran, you served in our, our country's armed forces, would you please stand? We'd like to just honor you today. Any veterans in the house, please stand wherever you're at. They were all in the first service? Really? Well, let's thank God for our veterans anyhow, all right? Let's thank God for our veterans, all right? The, the first service was loaded, and I know we have a few that are serving downstairs at this hour. So we want to thank God for all those, uh, all of our veterans in, in, uh, in, in our world today. Uh, today, you'll notice that there is a, a, a hot dog truck outside, right? It's called the Rescue Dog. It is run by the Light of Life Rescue Mission. All proceeds from there go directly to the Light of Life Rescue Mission. So what we did was all the veterans were getting free hot dogs today out there. We were, we were taking care of them. Can we thank God for that? That was a little bit of fun, right? So uh, that, that food truck will still be there uh, afterwards. We invite you to just to have a little bit of fellowship and support the rescue mission if you'd like to do so. Uh, that is available for you. So we are so glad that you are here today. We've got a number of announcements that we want to roll through here today. First of all, coming up is the Operation Christmas Shoebox. I want to encourage everybody to stop by. Deb Metcalf will be at the table out there. Get your box. You can go and fill that up. You bring it back, and, and we ship them around the world. Others are bringing in items. If you go to the little tree out there, you can pick up an item, uh, pick up something off the tree, and bring that in next week. And they're going to have packing parties, I believe. Is there one next week, I think? Packing party? Christy, is there a packing party next Sunday? Next Sunday is a packing party, so Chrissy knows more about it than I do. So please stop by and see Chrissy. Talk to the ta- talk to Deb at the table back there. But I know that those things are happening. And then the following Sunday is time to bring those boxes back in. So we're excited about all these things that are happening. Also coming up is our Thanksgiving Eve uh, Thanksgiving Eve service. That is on Thursday, November the 25th, and I want to encourage you to be here for that. It's always a great evening. We come together. We are going to worship the Lord through song through uh, sharing of, uh, of the goodness of God, sharing testimonies. And we will also have communion that evening. So that will be here at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve, the night before Thanksgiving. Join us here. It's about an hour long. And then we'll get you out of here in time to go finish making your pumpkin pies. All right? So we're excited about these things that are coming up. And then as we move into Christmas, uh, Christmas is an always a busy month around the church. And I want to encourage you to, uh, to be a part of what's happening here. We're going to have this uh, event called Light the World. Normally we have a, a Christmas dessert theater and it's a, a big production in here. What we're going to do is we're going to move outside, and it's not going to be a production. It's going to be a journey that you go on. You're going to come up, you're going to see a lot of Christmas lights, and you're going to see a live nativity outside. Beth DePietro is coordinating all of our efforts, so I'm asking Beth DePietro. Welcome, Beth, to come on up, and she's going to share with you how you can get involved. Good morning. I'm really excited about this year's um, opportunity to serve for Christmas, and um, so Originally, we talked about light, you know, lighting the night. That's what we're going to do on the 11th and 12th. We're going to light the night. But we're actually we're just praying that we light the world. Um, the world needs a lot of light right now, and this is a good way to serve, and it's a good way to um, bring your friends and uh, your neighbors. But I don't want to just light the parking lot. I want to light. I want to have us see that light glow in the in the sky down in South Park and Bethel Park and Finleyville and Washington. And people say, "What's that light? Let's go find it." So to do that, we need a lot of people to um, get on board because that light's only going to be so bright if there's one light display out there, you know, me with a candle standing there. So um, everybody, there's an opportunity to serve. And 
the last few years I've heard, I don't dance, I don't sing, I don't act, so I can't help. Guess what? No singing, no dancing, no acting, so everyone can help. Um, so if you can offer some help on Saturday work days, if you can paint, if you can build, if you can just come and wrap some things in lights, trees, whatnot, um, the more the merrier. If you're new or you've been here for 300 years, come meet people, um, join your church family, and just get on board with um, lighting the world this year, um, December 11th and 12th. And if you have any questions, you can go on the um, church's website. There's a Google form on there. You fill it out, and you can find out how you can help. Or you can come talk to me at the table. I'd be happy to um, hand you some lights and some things you can do at home even. Um, there are things that way that you can help as well. All right, that's good. All right. Thank Thanks. you. Let's thank Beth. We appreciate her coordinating these efforts. I want to encourage you. I can just envision this lights, just Christmas lights all the way out the end of the parking lot, both sides. Uh, she's going to put up a live nativity. We're looking for some live animals. Um, so if you have a camel, please let us know. Um, if not, you can play the part of the camel. Let us know. Non-speaking, but you can spit all night long. All right, so that will be coming up here very shortly. And uh, that's the bigger part is I want to encourage you to invite your friends. Like get the word out. Kind of like we had Trunk and Treat up here. We had hundreds of people through. We're hoping to do the same type of thing. Just bring hundreds of people up. They take their journey to the manger, and then uh, and and then they go on with their night. But hopefully, their life will be changed because of Jesus. Amen. So we're, we're thrilled about all these things, and then we're, we'll be moving into Christmas Eve. That'll be right around the corner. It's hard to believe this is all on just a few weeks away, but Christmas Eve we're going to have services at 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and 7 o'clock. We're doing that so that we can do the whole social distance as we've been doing, and so uh, we'll, we'll be just having Christmas Eve all day. And, uh, and I'll be here. Bring me a sloppy joe in between, all right? So it'll be a good day. But we're excited about what God is doing. We're thankful for our church. Aren't you thankful for what God is doing? Amen. God is so good. The, uh, the first hour, man, we had just an incredible service. Last night we had an incredible service, and we're glad that you're here today. And then last but not least, I want to direct your attention to the birthday gift to Jesus. I want to encourage everybody to please stop by the uh, table in the foyer and please take one of these. Um, this is the list for birthday gift to Jesus. Every year at Crossroads, we ask our people to pray over these missionaries and to begin to ask God what part you can play in giving to meet these needs. This list has $90,000 worth of needs on, on the list here. And you'll see we're supporting people all over the world, supporting people here in Pittsburgh. We're supporting the local food bank here in Finleyville. We're supporting uh, uh, ministries in Israel, Panama, Indonesia, England, the Czech Republic, Ireland, France, Ukraine, Panama, Ecuador, Philippines, and the list goes on and on and on. And so I want to encourage you, please take one of these and pray and begin to pray about your part. Like, how much would God like you to give? And just ask God, Lord, please supply over and above my tithe and offering that I already give. Lord, supply, and I will give it to you. And I want to share with you that God has done that for me already. I've watched him. He's supplying. We're praying, and like and it already happened. Somebody else shared with me. They said, hey, I didn't even pray, and God supplied it. Like, like God knows your heart. He knows the intention of your heart, what you're looking for, and God has supplied it. And it's like, um, you know, sometimes God will give you double what you're asking for. In that case, give a double to God. 
And it's just amazing what God's going to do. So I want to encourage you um, to just really, like if you seek the Lord with me, and if you'll pray over these names, and many people pray over these names just not, not just at Christmas, but they pray over them all year round. And we're seeking the face of the Lord. And we're asking God to move around the globe. And so I want to encourage you, begin to, begin to ask God to move. 90,000 is a big goal, especially in the light of pandemic season, all right? It's a big goal. But I, want to, uh, I know that we have a big God. He's even bigger than that, right? So that's not very big. In the, and my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can supply all of our needs. So I want to ask you to pray because missionaries around the world are also experiencing really tough times at these moments. And as you look in the Scripture, it says that whenever sometimes we give out of sacrifice, God does incredible things. So I want to encourage you, please um, pray about your part as we get close to Christmas here. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. You are a faithful congregation. I love you, and I thank you. you um, this is a family up here. We are not a show. We're not a machine. We are a family. And more than an organization, we're an organism. We are a family. We work together. We work through thick and thin. We're through the good times, through the bad times. And this is a growing family. And I want to share that with you because this family is growing. Last week, or two weeks ago, I believe it was, we had a new members class. It was the Next Steps class. We have like 10 people that are ready to become members of our church. Can we thank God for that? 10 people. That's, that's exciting. And, and that's right here in the middle of a pandemic. And, uh, and I just am only excited more and more about what God is going to do in our church. And he's doing great things. This gym is filled three, four nights a week with teenagers up here playing basketball, man, that we're bringing people to Jesus. There's relationships that are being formed. The word of God's going out tonight. The youth group's meeting over there Wednesday night, the, the, the uh, middle school youth groups over there, the, the children are all over this place. And so this place, literally, we took a few weeks off, but we are moving and we're moving slightly differently, but we are moving. Amen. God is doing his work. And I don't know, you know, I don't want to go back to where we came from because the future is far greater than where we were. Amen? So God has taken us to new heights, and I want to encourage you to be praying with us. So let's, uh, let's go to the Lord. I just want to thank God for your faithfulness in giving as you give online. You give through the offering boxes. You know, it's so different. We don't even pass the plate down the aisle right now. Um, but uh, you give through the offering boxes, and you give through the mail. And I want to say thank you for your faithfulness to God because God is at work and God is moving and he's transforming your life. So let's pray. Father God, I pray now, Lord, that you will do some great mighty things in our life, Lord. Move in ways that only you'll get the glory and that you'll get the credit. Thank you for the people's lives that have been transformed, God, for the way that they are opening their hearts. Thank you for the faithful giving of your people, Lord. They're moving in incredible ways. And we ask you for your honor and your glory, Lord, as we continue to seek your face. Uh, God, move, move mightily through this Christmas event. Move through the, through the teens playing basketball, Lord. Transform lives. We're so thankful, God. We get to open this gym every, every chance we have an opportunity. And we're saying, hey, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. We love you. God, do your work as only you can do. And we will give you the honor and the glory. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
been on a study of the Beatitudes, it's uh, the blessed life. It says over and over, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. Jesus gave eight statements. This is what the blessed life is like. And if you are like me, you're looking at this list and you're saying, I don't live up to that. I can't. That is so hard. How can I be poor in spirit? How can I be merciful? How can I be kind all the time? And, and these are attitudes. Aren't you thankful that God didn't give you a bunch of rules that he said you have to perform? He says, I'm giving you attitudes. I'm giving you character. I'm changing your life. So as we move forward in our faith, the only way that we can see these beatitudes, the only way that they can be your attitude, okay, is if you will let Christ into your life, if you will allow him to transform you. Because this, what Jesus was doing, is he was making a portrait. He made a portrait and he said, this is what my followers are going to look like. And I'll tell you what, for some of these areas of your life, you don't look quite like that, right? You say, I'm a little weak in this area. Well, as you continue to grow in Christ, God develops these in your life. Last week, we looked at, uh, at, at blessed are the peacemakers. And you know, that, that's, uh, that's really powerful because God's called us to go out and be the people of peace. Uh, his peace, will, we're, we're his messengers of hope and peace from God. And so today we're going to continue with the last one here. This is Matthew 5.10. Would you read it out loud with me? You ready? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, that word persecuted, that's a scary word, isn't it? It's a daunting word. We don't like that. Persecuted means like you're doing something and you're going to continue to do something good and you're going to have an opposition. It's going to be in your face. There's going to be a confrontation and you're likely going to be harmed. That's what we think of when we think of persecution. Well, as you look at this, it's very interesting. He says, not uh, you are blessed. You are happy if you're persecuted for righteousness sake, not for your sake. I know some people that uh, through the years have come to me and said, well, you know what? I was persecuted for Jesus. Because of Jesus, I was persecuted. And they explained to me their situation. I was like, you weren't persecuted for Jesus. You are persecuted for you because you're a little crazy. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we try to blame Jesus for my own arrogance and my own attitude. These people weren't even being persecuted. Uh, they just had a conflict. And so God says, persecuted for righteousness' sake, for, like, for what God has called us to do. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you experience persecution, you experience God's kingdom. Now check that out. We're going to go to heaven for one reason. Jesus died on the cross, paid for your sin. He was buried and he rose again. Jesus is Lord. And he says, if you'll surrender to him and you'll trust him, you'll get eternal life. Jesus says here, you'll experience his kingdom in your life when you're persecuted for following him. You know, in our world, we don't really understand that, right? Because in America, we're really not persecuted. Around the world, there's persecution everywhere. And I want you to look here. It's really the blessing... One author, I think it was John MacArthur, said it's kind of like a double blessing because the very next verse, it's the only one where he says it again. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my name's sake. He says you'll be blessed. So you hear this double blessing. The world we live in in America is not experiencing persecution like that. Our persecution's a little different. But you know, for some people, we are the peacemakers. 
And God's called us to be peacemakers. Yes, we are peacemakers, but for some people, we are the troublemakers. Some people will say, hey, yeah, not only are you a peacemaker, but you're causing me trouble. And so as you think about that, that there's trouble that happens, and it's not because you're out there stirring up trouble. God's not called us to go out and stir it up. God's not called us to go out and pick fights. Hey, you heathen. I'm a heathen. I'm a heathen that Jesus died for. And I'm a changed heathen. So I don't have a right to go out and call anybody else a heathen. I'll have a right to go out and pick on anybody else. I have to come out and be a peacemaker, not a pacifist, but a peacemaker. I'm following God. And he says the reason that they will, that, that, that they will see you as a trouble at times is because you're going a different direction. Your direction is so different. Jesus even said it like this one time. He said, narrow is the gate that leads to heaven. Wide is the gate that leads to hell. Why is that? Why is that? Because the road that you're following to Jesus, not many want to choose it. Because you're going here, and as you go there, man, you are so different, and their persecution will come. And so most of, the, most, of, most of us don't understand that today. But do you know that the most persecuted group on the planet are Christians? I bet you didn't know that. Like, we live in this very comfortable world here, and we think of some of the, some of the infringements and disagreements and opposition that we face in America. But the most persecuted group on the planet are Christians. The International Society for Human Rights, several years ago, they said that 80% of all religious freedom violations in the world today are directed against Christians. Once you think about the, uh, around, around the globe here, we know that when Christianity started out, that in the Roman Empire, it was illegal to be a Christian for 300 years. They fed Christians to lions. Because they followed Jesus. They fed him to lions. Nero was known to light Christians on fire and use them as candles in his courtyard. Go study this. Go read Fox's Book of Martyrs. F-O-X-E is the, the, the guy's last name. Fox's Book of Martyrs. Go read Fox's Book of Martyrs and you will see just attack after attack after attack on Christians throughout the early stages, throughout the uh, founding time. And you know, when you think about this, there's something that is going viral today. And it's something that's going way more viral than coronavirus. It's called Christianity. Christianity, the following of Jesus, has been viral for 2,000 years. And you can't, you can't quench it. You can't squelch it. You can't shut it off. 2,000 years ago, Jesus started a movement and it has lasted to this day. And it's stronger than ever, by the way. When it first started off, it started off with 12 guys who were following him. Then it became 120. Then it became 5,000. It became thousands. And as Jesus left, this movement started in the first 10 years, 100,000 people. You go through the book of Acts, you'll find that it is estimated that there were 100,000 people became followers of Jesus Christ in the first 10 years. Like this is a movement. And, and, and when you think of persecution, I love what Tertullian said. Tertullian said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. In other words, you will not stop Christianity. Christianity will not be squelched out just because people died for their faith. That will only grow the church. And you know that's so true. If you look around today, some of the, uh, some of the worst persecution is still going on today. In the last hundred years, 35 million Christians have died in persecution, 35 million globally. 
A hundred million Christians today live in countries that are facing um, the threat of discrimination, persecution, uh, interrogation, and some even death. I went on and I read a few different sites out there. You go to uh, look up, it's called The Voice of the Martyrs, and you can read about Christians that are being persecuted around the world. Go read about some of these countries around the globe that they are not very kind towards Christians, as some of them it's illegal to be a Christian. I want you to think about China, over in China where it's illegal to be a, a Christian proper, like, like uh, they're hiding they are hiding to read the Bible. And as the persecution came against them, the church has only grown. One of the greatest movements in all the world is happening in China. But they're not gathering like we're gathering. Uh, one of the great things that we're doing here in, uh, in, in with the birthday gift to Jesus, I want to encourage you. One of the items that we're giving to is the Timothy Initiative. We're planting ten churches in Nepal. Ten churches, folks. And I want you to catch this. Because when you go over there, I'm not saying we're going to go build ten buildings. Listen, a building is not a church. It's just a building. After we're done with this, somebody else can do whatever they want with it. It's just a building. A church is where two or three are gathered together in my name. He says, I am there in the midst. And so in Nepal, we're going to be planting ten churches. We're going to go out and we're going to, we're training pastors. We're going to go out and train people and they're going to meet underneath of a tree. They're going to meet in a home. They're going to meet in the, in the community center. They're going to meet wherever they can meet and they are bringing people to Christ. They're going to meet with groups of ten, fifteen, twenty, a hundred people. They gather them together and through crossroads, our care and our compassion, We are saying, listen, we care about those around the world that don't know Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's thank God for that this morning. He's a great God. He's so worthy of all of our praise. And and I want you to be reminded that, that there is a opposition. And why is there an opposition? I thought you're kind. I thought you're compassionate. How can anybody be opposed to this? But we are so against the grain. In this country and in every country of the world. We are not citizens of a country. We are citizens of an eternal kingdom. Now catch that. Yes, I'm an American citizen. And I'm proud to be an American, right? You are too. But I want you to know that whatever citizen, whatever country you're a citizen of, you should be proud of that. But higher than that is we are citizens of heaven. And that is where we will be spending far more time than any time I've ever spent on this earth. Amen? And that's what God says. Listen, because you are of a higher calling, because you are following Him, you will act differently. You will look differently. You will, you will think differently. And the world will not understand you. And they will persecute you. Look at what Second Timothy 3.12 says. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Man, you know, when I came to Jesus, I, I didn't think about persecution. All I thought about was how much He loves me, how much He cares for me, and how much that He says that I could have eternal life. And you know what? I still think about that, number one, today. But we're reminded that you will suffer. And so while in, in this land that we live in, while the suffering may not be... Um, persecution like we hear about other countries and and we hear around the world. And by the way, it doesn't make headlines. This is happening in remote parts of the world. It's happening in major centers of the world. It's just happening out there. 
And you go and you start to read this. I was reading last night, I think it was on Open Doors. And they were talking about, about North Korea. And just like, wow, the, the opposition to Christianity. God says that if you follow him, you will suffer. Now, that's not like the most exciting thought, is it? But it's the most powerful thought because Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 10, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You'll be happy when you suffer. And listen, I'm not happy thinking about suffering. But at the moment that I suffer for Jesus, I feel good. At the moment I suffer for Jesus, I may not feel physically good. I may not feel physically like all this is God together. But I know that I have pleased the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And am I going to try to please you or am I going to try to please the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Who would you like to please with your life? You must be feeling to face rejection. You've got to face rejection. Listen, uh, in the world we live in, as a follower of Jesus, as you're following Christ, you've got to be able to face rejection from the world. The world thinks differently than God thinks. Uh, You must be willing to face criticism, uh, disapproval. People may not like you. Uh, Peer pressure. And young people, I want to commend our teenagers. I'm so thankful to God for the teenagers that we have in our church. We have a nice group of teenagers in this church, and they are coming to Jesus, and they are out there facing peer pressure every day. Can we thank God this morning for our teenagers? Let's thank God for them, all right? And, And I want to say to all the teenagers in the church, We love you. This church cares about you. And I'll tell you what, I don't think you're going to find a church that cares about you more than this church. Forgive me, I got a little rant there, right? I love our teenagers. And you're out there, you're facing peer pressure. And listen, I understand what that's like to be rejected. I was never popular by any certain stretch of anything. Still I'm not. And peer pressure stinks. But I want you to know, as your pastor, we love you and we're praying for you. And as you're out there, and man, you're following God, and all of a sudden these guys or these girls come and they say, well, just do this, and you know what? And you say, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. And at that moment, it hurts, doesn't it? it I mean, there's pain. It, it, you want to cry at that moment because, because you wanted these people to really like you, and you just wanted to fit in. But I'll tell you what, I don't need to fit into these people here. I need to fit into heaven. And I need to understand that this God who died for me, he approves of me. So Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted. So in the United States of America, we'll take peer pressure. We come along, and there's peer pressure. And at that moment, man, I walk towards God. God says, you're happy right there. Did you catch that? You're happy right there. When Stephen was, they were stoning him, man. They took stones to kill him. He said he was glorifying God. He was praising God. And somehow we've got this like, oh, no, we can't be uncomfortable. We can't, you know, those people have to like you. It's okay if they don't like you. They're not supposed to like you. Adults, we face peer pressure too. You say, oh, well, yeah. I, let, me, let me give you a little example. Anybody get your lawn treated? You know, like the neighbor gets the treated lawn. Everybody all of a sudden treats their lawn around you. Well, I guess I might as well do it too, right? I might as well. Listen, my neighbors know I don't fit in. I raise dandelions. I'm a farmer of dandelions, man. Listen, I get it going out there. Um, Listen, peer pressure is an adult. I'm not saying there's anything wrong if you, if you treat your lawn. I'm just having a little bit of fun. 
But I want you to think about this this morning. We succumb to peer pressure too. You know, uh, it's so easy for us to, to, to just fall into this because in America the pressure is to stay quiet, to smile, to smirk, not walk away. Like, like you're at the water cooler, guys, at, at work, and, and all of a sudden you hear a bunch of some dirty jokes come up and kind of smile and smirk and you just kind of stay there and you, you hang in there. Listen, I'm a following of Christ. I don't, I don't need to hang out with that. And, and so I'm going to walk away from that. And you may face persecution. They may say, you're a fuddy-duddy. You're, you're a goody-two-shoe. You're, you're this or you're that. In the meantime, it doesn't matter what they say. It matters what God says. And God says, I am well pleased. This is what I've called you to do. Because that stuff is only going to pull you down anyhow. And when you follow me, when you walk away from that, you are facing the peer pressure. You know, we have peer pressure to be silent. People praise moral choices, wrong moral choices. They, they praise moral choices that the Bible says is wrong. And it's so tempting for us to be silent and to walk away. Because, you know, what's the culture tell us? Well, you're on the other side of history, man. You're, you're on the wrong side of this. You, you, you're kind of outdated. Well, listen... That's not what God says. Do you realize that back in the day, the New York Times in the 1930s actually had praised Hitler? They praised him. We know that he was one of the worst atrocities of human history. But I want to tell you this today. Don't go out and and, and get your happiness because somebody else has accepted you. Some other human has made you feel good. It's not by popularity. It's about the truth. And so, you know, we're pressured to stay quiet. We're pressured to, uh, uh, to, to just, just kind of hide. And God says, listen, I want you to understand that whenever you don't hide, whenever you stand up, whenever you follow me, that you will experience the kingdom of God. You get to experience it. Wow. Challenges to my faith. A challenge to my faith makes me more like Jesus. If you're taking notes, fill in that first blank there. Challenges to my faith. So when I have opposition to my faith, number one, it makes me more like Jesus. What? Let me show you what Jesus said. John chapter 15 here. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So he's basically telling you, get ready. The world's going to hate you. Number next. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, remember I said we're citizens of an eternal kingdom? Because you're not of this world, because I chose you out of the world, because I've called you unto myself, therefore the world hates you. Huh? Continuing on. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Your teacher... Your master is Jesus. He says that he suffers. He's going to suffer. He suffered the greatest was all the way to the cross. We are not going to go to the cross. He did that for us. But we will, he says, we will face persecution. We will face suffering. And why is that? Why is it? You know, Jesus was lonely. You think he wasn't alone out in the, when he had the temptation? Jesus was lonely, man. Jesus was tempted to be discouraged. He was fatigued and worn out at times. He had a human body. His human body got hungry, got tired, he needed sleep. Jesus was even tempted to sin, but yet he didn't. Jesus was criticized. He was lied about. He was misunderstood all the time. What makes us think that our life would be any different? 
Why is it? Why is it? Because we are the light of the world. Look what John 3.19. Jesus had just got done saying, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes in Him will not perish. You will have eternal life. And then He comes down here a few verses later. He says, This is the condemnation. The light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Do you ever get into a dark room and your eyes adjust? Like, like it's total dark, and then after it's been dark for a while, all of a sudden you kind of, your eyes kind of readjust and you're able to navigate. And then you turn the light on, and it's like, ugh, it's really bright. You know? It's like you're laying in bed and somebody else turns the light on, you're like, no! Nah! what happens in the world, right? You know, do you, have, do you have that closet in your house where like when company's coming, you just kind of gather everything and shove it in that closet? Do you ever do that? Okay, only at our house, okay? So it's like, you know, company's coming. It's like, you hurry up and you cram it all in there. And then after company leaves, I go in, I open the closet and I turn on that light, you know? I'm showing you the age of my house. I pull the chain still, you know? Some of you have an app. I pull the chain. You pull the chain, the light comes on, you're like, oh. And that's what happens. Do you know when you go into a, into a dark room and you turn the light on, sometimes it's so bright and it hurts your eyes. And Jesus is saying, listen, the light has come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light. Evil deeds are done in, in, in secret. They're done in hiding. They're done in darkness. And so the analogy here is, look, the darkness, the light does not comprehend the darkness. The two are different. And when you turn on the light, you know, in here this morning, there's lights all over this place. If I shut off all these lights, you, it'd be a little bit harder to see me up here. It'd be harder to see where you're at. It'd be harder to look at your notes in your Bible. But I'll tell you what, when that light's on, man, you can find the right thing. And it also, when you see that light on, it also reveals the problems. And so this is why this is the opposition the opposition that we face today. First um, Peter 4.14 says, If you are reproached, reproached for the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blaspheming. So there's people that are attacking, they're blaspheming. But on your part, he's glorified. Now check that out. That's so important because he says, The Spirit of God rests on you. You've been reproached for the name of Jesus. Because you stood up for something right. Because you followed God. Because you are not of this world. Because you're not following the system of this world. God says that His Spirit will live it out through you. You don't go out and pick fights. I'm not going out and saying, hey, let me show you how dark things are out there. Hey, let me show you. Hey, let me turn this light. No, no. The light. We are the people of God and the glow comes off of us. Did you catch that? The glow comes off of us. Remember that little song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Boom, boom, boom. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. All right? Now, listen, I've been around a long time. That's why I got the little boom, boom, boom part, right? But I want you to catch this. This little light of mine, you are a light. Jesus put the light in you, and you are the light as you go out into the darkness you're light. So I want to encourage you, all you teenagers in here, you're the light that this world needs. You're the light to ninth graders, 10th graders, 8th graders, seniors in high school. You're the light out there. God is calling you to be the light. Parents, 
You are the light of the world. Those that are grandparents, you know, you're the light for those grandchildren. You're the light of your neighborhood. You say, I can't move. I can't do what I used to do. You are the light of the world. And as we go out, that light spreads. And as we go out there, we may be criticized. We may feel awkward. It's okay. It's at that moment you know the kingdom of God is happening and you're seeing him work in your life. Number two this morning is is opposition to my faith, challenges to my faith, makes my faith stronger. I get stronger through this as I grow in him. Man, it's like exercising. Yeah, man goes to the gym. He takes. He wants to build his bicep. He takes that weight, and he does it, man. And he, he doesn't get like that little girly weight, you know? Do you ever see this real big guy go in the gym, and he gets a little girly weight? You know, that one-and-a-half-pounder pink weight? He's not there. <laughs> no. I go and I watch those guys. Well, I don't watch them. They watch me. But anyhow, I'm watching them. And they're like, ah, ah, ah. Why? Because their faith, their, their muscle becomes stronger. And it hurts and it's painful. But when they're done, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling the swell today, brothers. I'm feeling the swell. I'm pumping iron right here, bad boys, you know. That's what happens. And you know what? When you go out and you experience persecution, your faith grows. Your faith grows. Look here. James 1 says this. Consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials. What? Remember, God's system is so different than the world's. Consider it joy when you encounter various trials. Knowing that the testing, the testing, the building of that muscle produces faith. And faith, that you're exercising it, produces endurance. He continues on here. And let endurance have its perfect result. Perfect, when you see perfect in, in the Bible like that, it's meaning complete, mature. So let it have its complete result so that you may be perfect. You may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Wow, this is what God's called us to. First Peter 5.10 says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself Perfect, complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You don't establish yourself. You don't complete. You don't strengthen. God does it all. You will experience the suffering and the pain. So, the question I pose to you here, the last point on your notes is, how do I respond? How do I respond? How should I respond to opposition? When, whenever I have opposition, that peer pressure, um, the, 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 maybe we will face persecution one day. I don't know. But imagine you're living in another world where, like, it, it, you know, if, you, if you name the name of Jesus, your, your family's going to disown you. Like, how do you do this? How should you respond to opposition? Number one, don't quit. Don't quit, folks. Just because there's opposition, this is what happens. When mo- for most people, when the going gets tough, they quit. And God says, you will reap a harvest if you don't quit. Check this out. Uh, First Peter, I'm sorry, the, the Galatians here. Let us not become weary in doing well. 
and doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, you go out and you plant seeds. If you, if you just expect that seed to be grown in a month and have fruit in a month, you're not going to get any fruit. You're not going to have any corn. You go out and you plant that corn. Knee-high by the 4th of July, right? You keep watching this thing grow, and all of a sudden you've got corn. So let us not become weary in doing good, even though we may be persecuted. Uh, number two is expect it. Expect it, okay? Um, we should expect opposition. As you're following God, expect the world to not understand you. They're not, even, you know, they're not like, hey, they're not the problem. I'm going to show you the problem here in just a few minutes. The people who oppose you are not the problem. And we'll show you that. Expect opposition, though. Expect it. First Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Jesus said expect it. He said, get ready. You're going to, you will be persecuted. Man, um, thirdly today is remember how much God loves you. Focus in on how much he loves you. You know, I, when, I'm, when I have an opposition, when I have a discomfort, when I have pain, um, when I have trials, I don't sit here and focus on my trials. I don't sit here and focus on the people that don't like me. I focus in on the God who loves me. Jesus died on the cross. I am somebody to Jesus. You are somebody to Jesus. You're not just billionth person. You are somebody that Jesus died for. He knows your name. He knows how many hair on your head. He knows how many times your heart will beat till the day you die. He's got it all under control. Remember how much he loves you. Never forget how much he loves you. Focus on his love. Um, we're, we're not afraid of rejection because we are focused on how much we've been accepted by God. Healthy people don't need everybody's approval. I don't need everybody's approval. That's a healthy person does not look for approval from others. Healthy people know that they're loved by God. And I want to encourage you to be a healthy Christian today. Look at 1 Peter three thirteen through 16. He says, now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? Like, that's what we're thinking. Who, who wants to harm us? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid for their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. He says, I want you to worship. So the antidote for this is to worship. Don't worry. Don't worry. Man, we've faced worry. We've been attacked with so many things to make us worry. And there's more things that you're going to be attacked with to make you worry. Don't worry. Worship. Instead, you must be... You must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. Don't, wor- don't worry. Worship him. Continuing on. Verse. Next verse. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Because you're not retaliating. Because you're not angry all the time. Verse. Keep sharing the good news by your words and actions. And so I want to encourage you to do that. To, to like take this and not be a retaliatory, but to, but to be looking and say, listen, if somebody's speaking against me, it's okay. I'm going to be a follower of Christ. Keep sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, don't be ashamed. Romans 1.16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Folks, this is the message that will change your life. It will change the life of those around us. And how many times have I been in a situation in you when, where it's, it's tempted to just make people feel good? We live in a world where everybody wants to feel good. 
But I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than knowing Christ. It revolutionizes your life. And it may be an awkward discussion. Hey, have you heard how much Jesus loves you? And somebody may respond and say, well, you don't know how much God doesn't like me. I've had all these problems. And you start into a discussion. It's okay. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation. And as we wrap up here today, I want you to understand this. Remember that you're in a spiritual battle, folks. It is a spiritual battle. Remember I said the opposition is not those people. It is Satan himself. The enemy, Satan, is trying to trip you. He's trying to stop you from being a follower of God Almighty. And so as you are, in, uh, as you are following Christ, the, the opposition is trying to get you to trip up. Recognize the source of the opposition to Satan. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Check this out here. Uh, says this. Now salvation, this is, this is in Revelation, right? God speaking. He says, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, the power of Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of the believers in Jesus, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. One day that person That enemy, Satan, he will be cast down. Do not take your opposition personal. Don't take it. Don't condemn anybody who's opposed you. Go to God because look what God says he wants you to do. How does he want you to respond? He wants you to pray. He says pray for your enemies. Pray for the person who's persecuting. Jesus on the cross, what did he do? He hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. So when you are following Christ and you're trying to move forward for Christ, you can do the same. You pray for your enemies. Look here at uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 says this. He says to love your enemies. Read it with me. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Is that not opposite of the world? What does the world teach you? Does the world teach you anything about loving your enemy? No, it says protect yourself from the enemy. Does it say to do good to those who hate you? Man, when you were a little kid, what were you taught? You know, if you get punched, you punch him Bless those who curse you. Somebody curses you, what do you do? Don't tell me. Bless those who curse you. And here it is. Pray. Pray for those who are mocking you just like Jesus did. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I want to ask you, number one, do you know this Jesus? Have you met him personally? Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ken, I'd like to trust Jesus as my personal Savior. Would you just call on him right now? Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He came back to life again. Would you just call on him? Like, tell him, say, dear God, just quietly pray in your seat. Just say, dear Jesus, I recognize that I have sinned against the holy God. I've done wrong things. But Jesus, you are the light of the world. You came and you paid the price on the cross for me. You were buried. They killed you. You were buried and you rose again. You came back to life. And I trust you right now.
to be my Savior, to save me from my sin. If that's you today and you prayed that, I want to encourage you. Would you share that with somebody? Tell somebody you know that. Stop by our, our welcome center. Say, hey, today I trusted Christ as my Savior. I, I need some more information. We'll follow up. We'll help you in any way we can that you will know Jesus in a personal way. He is here for you. And for others, maybe you've not understood that the persecution, the opposite, is how that you will experience life. You will experience what God has for you. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is yours. You'll experience it. Don't be afraid of the opposition. It's not the people that you work with. It is Satan himself. And listen, those people you work with, the people that are troubling you in your neighborhood, that family member, God wants you to pray for them. Bless them. How can you bless them? And watch God bless you. Father God, help us to pray for enemies. Help us to be that person, Lord. We love the blessed life because this is your prescription of how we are to live. This is your portrait of what you're doing in our life, God. Help us to become more and more like Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Aren't you thankful to be here today? God bless you. We're so glad that you're here. I want to encourage you to go outside to the rescue dog. Help support the uh, Light Life Rescue Mission. Have some lunch. Have some Tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name. The winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky. surrounds me the crickets sing and trees ring and i want to let you know that river water runs steady flow and it flows free and in control your hand leaves its evidence all on this earth as i lay here and ponder on all creation you made it all Didn't even see it as a sacrifice. How deep, how
beginning to the end of days. Those words I've heard all my life, and its truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. 'Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of the glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life, and I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good to be true, but yet it is. I don't think my job is to understand why. I think all that I'm supposed to do.